Hey. Hey. Hi, I'm Ashley. Hi, I'm Kara. And uh, this is Creeped Out and Creeping Around. Welcome to our podcast. So enjoy the ride. Creeped out and creeping around. Creeped out and creeping around. We're creeped out and creeping around. We're creeped out and creeping around. Creeped out and creeping up. How's it going? It's going good. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh man, I'm so excited to hear the rest of the story. I'm so excited to get this story out of my brain <laughs> and out of <laughs> do you out think, of my to do list. Do you think you'll like ever be really done with it though? Is it going to be one of those like things that you revisit constantly, go back and forth to like? Oh man, there's been a development. You know, I don't think there's going to be any more developments, if I'm being honest. But I think I I am smarter. I learned a lot. There you go. That's that's the, the dream, really. That is just, the dream. Just be a little bit, little just bit a little smarter. bit smarter. You know, have a little more knowledge. Yeah, you are almost an expert in the Iron Goat Trail, so... Um, not an expert. I haven't done it yet, but... <laughs> I said almost an expert. Almost! We could get smarter. We got time. Just not right now, because it's snowing. Yes. Um, also, okay. welcome back, and thank yeah. you if you made it through part one, because <laughs> rough. I'm so sorry. But you know what? That is... You came back, and that's your conscious choice, and I'm gonna not going to apologize anymore. <laughs> Just appreciate it a little bit. Just appreciate it and um, be nice to me. Because it was really hard. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready. You're ready to I'm hear the so, end of the story? So friggin' excited. Like, 10 out of 10 excitement over on this area of the table. I can't wait for you to be just crushed. Because I was, and now you get to share that with me. Yeah. So where did we leave off, Ashley? Do you remember what happened last? Yeah, so they were parking them trains. They were parking them trains. Parking them trains. Parking them trains, bitch. <laughs> but they couldn't park it in the tunnel. Don't park it in the tunnel. You're going to die in there. Yeah, that's what she said. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How could anyone die in there? I don't know. It was just a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know either. It just seemed natural. I mean, so, good yeah. joke. <laughs> Your face was so funny. The shock. <laughs> I mean, you're going to die in there. It's real treacherous. Treacherous. <laughs> Okay, we are already <laughs> into you know, it. Here we are. We are already three minutes into our bullshit. So let's get on track. Okay, focus. Okay, serious. <sighs> yeah. Okay. All right. Just kidding. We're not serious. No. About fucking anything. It's a problem. <laughs> our faces bounced immediately back to like the biggest and smiles. Just kidding. We're funny. <laughs> Uh-huh. Everything's uh-huh. funny. Yes. Okay, so these passengers, they have been stuck now um, for the better part of three, four days. Oh, my God. They have parked these trains on a very peculiar place, but they've been made sure, like, it's 
going to be fine, guys. Everybody's safe. And then, um, on top of that, the other landslide happened to the east. So, no longer can they go back to Spokane. And no longer can they go forward to Everett. Um, So, again, they are trapped and their equipment keeps breaking. The snow is being very persistent. It's not letting up. Nor is the wind. And to add a little bit of extra bullshit into these mix, um, there was a lot of no communication happening because the wires were getting constantly destroyed and they were down. They needed repairs because of all the snow, all the interference, all the random little snow slides are taking out the communicative wires. So they also can't communicate with the outside world, call for help, relay what they needed, really. So, again, it's just one fucking thing after another with this tragic tale. Um, They are trapped. Now they can't communicate. They are getting the lines repaired here and there. Like, they're able to get a few messages out, but really, they're kind of just overall fucked. <laughs> and oh, no. Big Boy O'Neill oh, is yes. doing the most, trying oh, to keep things under control as, you know, the best that he can. Um, he is desperately trying to uh, get these passengers out safely, and he uh, is having a lot of trouble again with the communication. And he had been hiking back and forth from where they were down into Scenic. So where they were, as a reminder, they were stuck in Wellington. Down the way a few miles, probably about three miles, was Scenic Station, which they had already passed on the way up. But he had been tracking back and forth in the snow, trying to communicate what they needed. In, like, blizzard conditions. In blizzard conditions. And he said, it's bad out there. There is no way for, like, a passenger evacuation, per se, because it's deadly and it's treacherous. Like, he's barely surviving. He's barely surviving, and he's a hard motherfucker. And there (laughs) is children on board. There are elderly people on board. They are not going to be able to make this three-mile hike down a mountain in a blizzard. So that's not really a viable option to him. And I get it. I get why. Yeah. Uh, And, um... On top of the other injury, due to both of these landslides happening, there is nothing coming in or out of the mountain. Oh, shit. Now we're starting a coal shortage, which is what powers all of their tools. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Because why not? That's how I feel at work all the time when something else goes wrong. I'm like, why the fuck not? You know, just Makes throw sense. it in there. Let's right? figure it out. This tracks, absolutely. I mean, for sure. So they got <laughs> no relevant supplies. They have very minimal coal left. They are trapped on both sides. They have little to very infrequent communication. And it's a fucking blizzard out there, y'all. <laughs> I'm starting to feel real bad for everybody. Oh, this seems like it was the worst idea. Like, ah. Uh. Okay, so now... That that's happening. I'm getting into like days three through five, kind of like February 25th through the 27th. Um, All this is going on. And uh, the passengers wake up 
and they have been notified that another slow site had happened at the beanery that they were just being fed that slop that they like loved but hated the beanery the beans i don't know if they had beans there but not only did a snow slide happen that crushed through the beanery it also killed two people that were working there the very hard working people that were serving up that slop they're dead now they're just dead now. they're just gone and these passengers are like Fuck. Right? Well, that has to be like a huge wake-up call, that's too. That's a pretty big deal. You know, at this point, they're like, oh, God, when are we going to get out of here? Are they actually, like, trying to figure this out? Yeah, they are. But now they're, like, real worried because they got out of there at the nick of time, it seems. Yeah, right. And that only heightens every sort of fear that is now happening and all of these passengers, some of them are starting to get really pissed. The other ones are starting to get really scared. And that made the whole train track where they're settled um, on this peculiar point on the train tracks next to a cliff. That made them kind of feel not so great. They're I mean, like, like a little bit extra unsafe. A little bit extra unsafe. And they're like, Lord, have mercy. Guys, are you sure this is a good idea to park us here? Can't you just put us in the tunnel even for like... A bit, like, can you just move us? And they're like, there's no better place for you. Like, no, And also, kind of, you're like, you're stuck now, by the way. Because we're constantly shoveling, but the snow, it just will not let up. (sighs) So, I'm going to pull it down to a, a little side street here and talk about O'Neill again. Because on top of all of this... He's also dealing with losing manpower left and right because people are like, fuck this. Fuck you. We're not paying like we're not getting paid enough. Yeah. So either give us a raise or we're like hiking the heck out. And he is just like, guys, come on. Now is now the time to do this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like I'm looking at this from both perspectives and I'm like. Yeah, I get it. Like, okay, let me just... So, the laborers and the railmen were being paid an average of 15 cents an hour. That's fucking bonkers. Isn't that bananas? And this is a really dangerous job. Like, they lost people to the railway left and right. What what does that convert to? Oh, let me tell you. Okay. (laughs) So, in today's inflation, that would range to about... Six no four sixty nine an hour. It's less than five dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> With inflation rates, that's less than five dollars. Would you? Not even a kid on your block would shovel your driveway for less than five dollars an hour, right? Oh my gosh! So you are being paid less than an average of five hours for a grueling and exhaustive job that wasn't only like dangerous, but it also left you sometimes like handicapped, crippled, dead. Death? I mean, talk about the beanery employees. Talk about those beanery employees. Like, all they were doing was cooking. They were in a shack. And they got got. So, (laughs) they got got. They got got. It's probably, like, the least least dangerous uh, position in the railroad. And 
they got it. You know, they still got got. So. Life has a plan, and so does death. No one is safe, but they probably weren't expecting that. I'm sure that was a major plot twist. That was, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they could really plan for that. I don't think so. They were working. So, <laughs> Also, wouldn't you hate to die while you were working? I have one rule in my whole life. Like, I, I am a pretty reckless person. Not even going to lie about it. I do all kinds of shit that I definitely should not. And I'm shocked to this day that I'm you're still, still alive. Like, alive and unstable. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm good in general. Like, yeah. good health, good other stuff. You I don't know. are blessed. Exactly. you maybe shouldn't be. Exactly. You, in purpose, but put yourself in harm's way, and here you many are. Many times. So many times. But my number one rule is that I will not die at work. That's why I don't take the elevators anymore, because one time it slammed down, and fuck that not putting myself in harm's way to die at work. I don't care if I'm in the parking lot, like waiting to go inside. That's fine. But That's if fine. I die in that goddamn building, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna haunt the shit out of everybody. I hope so. And you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about like all the people that probably have died there. I'm like, why don't we have more ghosts? So many deads. So many deads. <laughs> So many deads. Just like a whole bunch of... Decents more an hour. That's a huge hike. Which is a pretty big jump for 1910. Um, And he said, no fucking way. That's not happening. (laughs) So they left. And he was like, all right, well, I need more workers here. Because now the snow is just piling and there's nobody left to shovel it. There's a, like a handful of people that stayed to help out and, you know, keep their jobs and stuff. But a lot of them, like, packed up, hiked out, and they're like, fuck you. Peace out. Thanks. Um, so, during all this chaos that was happening outside, all the feelings of isolation were growing and causing fear and panic in the passengers. Many were, like, writing letters to, you know, their loved ones that they were trying to, like, get out whenever possible, and many were also just, like, keeping journals while this whole event was happening and making entries about, you know, like, how they were feeling, what was going on. They probably had a pretty good inkling that it wasn't going (laughs) to happen. And they were also probably just, like, bored as fuck, because it's 1910. Like, what the fuck are you going to do in a snowstorm (sighs) while you're trapped in a train? No Netflix. No Netflix, no phones. Lots of people had kids, and they're like, what do I do with my fucking kids? Oh my god, that'd be so terrible. Could you imagine? I could not imagine, and I don't have kids, and I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. I don't either, and it sounds like torture. It sounds like, um... It sounds so hard. Like an extra layer of hell. An extra layer of hell, because not only are you, like, internally, like, really freaking out, but also your kids are like, what's going on? And they're probably asking you... They're probably asking you every five minutes because that's what kids do. They're just like, what's going on? 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 And it's probably just like on loop. I did read in this book, there was one passage that kind of like really stuck with me. And it was somebody had written about like a man who has like he was, you know, with his children, you know, alone, traveling alone. And one of his kids like would not... I guess cooperate or, you know, like they were just being a child and he got so annoyed to the point where he told his child, your head is broken and there's no crutch to fix it. 
And I'm like, bro, that's your kid. Oh, that's so mean. That's so mean. Isn't that mean? Especially with, like, what happens. I know. Wouldn't it be terrible if, like, that was the last thing you said to your kid? Right. And then, like, oof, rough, I'm sure. And one of you survived. Okay, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's why you don't be a dick bag to your kids. You could die. Hey, guys, be nice to your kids. They only want to love you. I think. I think. Some of them are downright evil, but that's not for us to decide. That's not... Yeah, that'll come later when they murder you or something. Yeah, no big deal. Just Till then, just be nice to your kids. Nice. Maybe they won't murder you. Maybe they'll skip over you in their murder spree. How nice is that? Wouldn't that be lovely? I don't know. So, <laughs> there was a sense of community that was kind of building in the passenger trains. Obviously, there's tons of people that have been stuck together for multiple days. At this point, they're communicating. They're trying to support each other. Um, and O'Neill had been uh, requested to see by the passengers. They had put in, like, a formal request to see this man. They knew he was in charge, and they wanted answers for, like, what his plan was. And he was basically trying to come up with his own plan. Like, he kept... He just had this thought in his head, like, okay, this can't get any worse. Like, we are going to make this happen, and this is how it's going to happen. But then things kept going wrong. Yeah. So, so, like, every plan he made, it was kind of like, it it backfired a little. So, he was avoiding these passengers, not only because he was really busy, but because um, he didn't have a solid answer for for them, because he was still trying to figure it out. So, he was avoiding it, and they had uh, formed a committee, the passengers had, because as people do, when they're not getting their way, they bound together and they form a committee. Of course. Of course. It's just like human nature. We need this done. Like, let's form a committee. <laughs> sure. It hasn't fucking changed. They have to They have to respect our votes, right? Yes. No. Exactly. No. But, um, <laughs> so they had formed a committee. They were, a few of them were starting to, like, take fate into their own hands. And they had uh, been asking other people people that had been going back and forth down the mountain like yo what's that commute like can we make it can i just hop off and like fucking walk and a lot of people are like no don't do it dude it's dangerous out there Dog, don't do 100 percent would not recommend <laughs> but i mean they some of them just had to try free will and shit there right? was uh, a lot more slides being reported happening like around the mountain and um when those two beanery employees got killed, the passengers were like, okay, we've had enough, basically. And uh, since O'Neill had, like, refused to make an appearance, even with their formal request that they put in, they 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 signed a petition and everything. Like, they drafted a fucking petition, and they're like, everybody sign it, we're gonna get this guy here. And he's like, Nah, dog. <laughs> nah, dog. I ain't got time for that. But <laughs> so, um, hold on. Thanks for that brief intermission. Brief intermission. Also, you look awesome right now. Thank you. They're uh, super blue lighty, so that that's supposed to do something. I like your glasses sweater combo. Thank you. <laughs> I, a good vibe. I really <laughs> They go well together. <laughs> 
I'm like fogging them because I, I uh, got my eyes wet when I was taking my contacts out. So oh, they're all oh, that's wet. Right. You took your wet contacts eyes. out. You put your glasses on. Yeah, for for a bit. Okay, so we were back to uh, O'Neill was not coming to see the passengers, even though they had put in a formal request. Um, he was trying to deal with all of the plows that were breaking, um, the huge coal shortage on the mountain. Oh, my God. <laughs> that scared me. I that scared him, too. Thought, I didn't know what I thought, but, like, your cat just came out of there real quick, and it scared the fuck out of me. Uh, yeah, he did not know that that did that, so... Neither did I. I think he was rolling around in there, and it popped open. <laughs> and he was like, oh, shit. And he's le- he's out now. So, fuck this. Um, yeah, shit, Oscar decided that he needed to go into the Murphy bed cabinet, because uh, one of the doors ripped off in transit, and mm. it has to be repaired. But he was rolling around that. there. Mm. But yeah, so he's dealing with the coal shortage. He's dealing with being trapped on uh, the freight being trapped on both sides of the mountain. Because it's not just his job to get these people to and fro. He's also in charge of like literally everything that's supposed to be on this line. So he's got lots of other things that he's trying to work with. Well, yeah, and I'm sure like this isn't just affecting this one passenger train. No, it's not. And there's like a lot of backups. You know, there's shit's backed up. Shit's it's a traffic jam. Traffic jam that never happened. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. So uh they're beginning to like ration the coal supplies and they had started using firewood to keep the steam engines going so that they keep could keep the passenger trains like heated. Oh, okay. Because they're using steam to keep that the 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 trains heated. But the coal was used for like basically everything else. Um <clears throat> So, a couple of passengers decided to, once again, take fate into their own hands. Um, they had been, uh, a few passengers and some of the men that had been working on the lines decided to, you know, get the fuck out. And uh, <laughs> they climbed down the mountain three miles down to Scenic. And uh, they walked through, at some point, they reported that the snow, like, they had walked kind of over or through, like, one of the slides that had happened. And at some places, it was over 30 feet deep. Holy shit. It took them a long time to get down. But nevertheless, they did make it. Okay. <clears throat> and um, so they made it down to Scenic. And another committee meeting was happening um, while, you know, sometime after those people left. And they got a telegram. Because, you know, the lines were, like, the wire lines were working at that point. They said they got a telegram that arrived late in the evening. And it was news from the passengers that they had made it down. Pretty much. Okay. So they were like, it's possible? No way. This is crazy. That's crazy. Well, I I just don't, like, understand what their plan was after that. You know, like, oh, I make it down to Scenic, and then it's not like there's, like... A taxi service they can call to get them out of the middle of this fucking mountain. I don't think it was so much that they were just trying to get off the mountain. I think it was more like the intense fear of them being stuck at that one particular place. Okay. And like those tracks, you know, like the way, the where they were parked was really getting them 
not comfortable. Well, yeah. So they're like, they're on a cliff. We can't move the train. You guys can't move the train. We're going to get down. And at least we're not on the train. Right. They will wait for shit to clear up and then continue on their journey. But right now, they just need to not be there. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that was the whole point. But, um, so, they made it during... Oh, hold on. I lost my place. (laughs) So, um... With news that a few passengers had made it down the mountain, more passengers were like, cool, 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 cool. Okay, okay. I I see you. I I could probably do that. But um, many were starting to, like, turn on each other and on the employees because at this point it has been six days of these passengers and these mail clerks being stuck on this train. And they're probably going crazy. They're going I mean, I think people generally back then were super polite, so they were kind of not as bananas as they would be in today's society about their anger, but they were definitely starting to get really bitter. People were starting to get grumpy, and it all overall, and like the workers were fucking tired. They were exhausted. It was just a toxic combination of emotions going on. <coughs> Sorry, I need to adjust my foot here. Okay. (laughs) Also, they found out on day six that the passengers had been unknowingly drinking water from a stream by the tracks because obviously, like, they didn't have a water supply. You know, like, water wasn't supplied to them. They had been drinking water from, like, a stream down the tracks. Like, that had been filled with waste and a combination of snow runoff, dirt, humans makings grossness because they didn't know that there was like another stream nearby that like all the locals used so not only are they like really desperate to get out of here they're getting sick they're getting sick they're fucking filthy they haven't had a change of clothes in six days seven and you know they haven't had a shower and they're, like, trudging around in snow, too. They're trudging around in snow. Their clothes are wet. <laughs> oh, this just sounds so awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, so people stank. And uh, they were confined. <laughs> and they were feeling unheard. And they were scared. And they had been going without a proper change of shower for days. And you know how that can make you feel, like, really unhuman? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I can only imagine. So, a few more passengers on day six decided to um, make that trek down from Wellington to Scenic. And I think it said that it took those three that had made it the day before, like, three to six hours or something like that to make that trek. But a few more passengers decided to trek down to Wellington, or not to Wellington, down to Scenic, and they were scared to do so, not knowing, like, what the trail, again, was like or how much more it had snowed since yesterday. But they decided to do it. And um, when they reached Scenic, because they did, in fact, get there, they reported by Telegraph, once again, that the trek was a lot easier today. Okay. And uh, it took them only 90, like, 90 minutes. That's so, like, an hour terrible. and a half. Yeah, for Whereas three Whereas before, miles. it took, like, multiple hours. So they were able to send another telegram that they had made it and they had done it like pretty quickly. And that telegram had been sent to O'Neill as well because he was like, 
hitting every sort of wall. It's day six. And naturally, the evacuation route wasn't feasible in his mind. And now he's like, well, shit, I guess that could be an option. And I just lost all of these dudes to, like, trying to dig these train tracks out all the time over these past few days when really we could have just been, like, making a path, I guess, for, like, an evacuation oh, route. no. So now he's just, like, hit, like, kicking himself over and over because he's been kind of, like, wasting his manpower. Not that he would have known that it was wasted, but, you know, it's like, <sighs> I can see every decision he makes and I can, like, see why he stood by it. But then, like, when hindsight's thrown in, it's just, like fucking rough damn it (laughs) (laughs) i can't say that i would like have made other decisions but like at the same time other decisions would have been real cool yeah you know he didn't think he had his options like he was he had never really experienced this type of storm before i don't think and he had been around like a long time yeah yeah excuse me um so since they got word back to the trains that they had done their truck and they had done it quickly at this point it was kind of turning into evening so the other passengers were like okay well then we'll leave tomorrow like we'll leave in the morning we're gonna go start getting supplies from the store um so the train master had made a decision i just had to add this in um (laughs) that women and children were not allowed to leave the train Oh, because they're frail. And um, no, the train master was like, nah, ladies ain't leaving. But some of these (laughs) ladies were like, how about you go fuck yourself, bud? (laughs) We're getting the hell out of (laughs) here. So a few of them had like gone out to buy like and also it was mentioned that these ladies were like stoked to be buying like men's clothing because they weren't going to be going down the mountain in their dresses and stuff they're like they're going to the store they're buying trousers they're buying overcoats and they're like kind of feeling like a little bit liberated because they're like he said we can't go (laughs) guess what we're gonna do it right and we're women and we can do it (laughs) and i'm gonna look good and i'm gonna wear pants (laughs) yes (laughs) so there (laughs) and so there was like this kind of new widespread sense of like a little bit of hope because now people were finding out like oh my god okay like we can just leave like it is possible like we're just gonna leave tomorrow morning like first light and again once again we're on day six this is February 28th and um so they had kind of like a nice night. A lot, like a lot of the passengers and the workers and stuff, they kind of set the mood for kind of like a little party, jolly evening. They played games, they sang songs, they all hung out. Everybody was getting along. People were drinking, playing cards, and um, yeah, uh, February twenty eighth. It was kind of like a good, a good night, and. Um, a lot of people were excited to just, like, leave in the morning and yeah. like, try to get away. Well, they had a plan. They had a plan. They were excited to leave in the morning and kind of just, like, regain some control over, like, their situation. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. News had reached O'Neill, like, late that evening that the weather had improved and that there could possibly be an evacuation. And he was like, sick. Work on it in the morning. Sick. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get and all this over all this time like he is only sleeping like a couple of hours a day Ugh. maybe 
There yes. had like, and especially in like the beginning stages, he had he didn't sleep for like two straight days. So not only is he like going, 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 he's also very sleep deprived. And so maybe his rationale, I would say, wasn't the firmest. But he is a human, and like it happens. His brain wasn't working. His like, brain was fucking pudding. It wasn't like tip top. It was not sure. tip top. He was on it, but like I'd say probably he wasn't hundred percent. Yeah. If I was going on two hours of sleep for multiple days, I would be at like negative ten percent. Oh my gosh! If I was going on like less than six hours of sleep, which is like <sighs> I can't even think about it. I I would. For one day, like not even multiple days, like one day, I'm. That's why I nap so much. You do nap a lot, so you know I'm. I'm a pro napper. Mm-hmm. Um, for that reason, because I can't. I can't go off of less than you know the daily recommended amount of sleep. I can get the daily recommended amount of sleep, which is eight hours, I believe, and I still feel really tired. But I feel tip top. Like I feel amazing every day that I sleep. Like. 10 hours. 10 hours is my, like, absolute optimum I'm a sleep. new human when I sleep 10 hours. And if I can uh, do that every single day without going to bed at, like, 5 p.m., yeah, right. I would love to do it. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at is, like, I just, uh, I would have to sleep so late and then I wouldn't get any time at home. And so yeah. I sacrifice about ugh, three hours a night, usually. <sighs> All right. So, All right. Anyways, back yeah, to O'Neill. So sorry yeah, about that. he had <laughs> sleep is good, guys. Get your sleep. <laughs> um, so he had decided to like make a plan. He said, "Okay, an evacuation is possible." Um, he was thinking about like the hindsight. He's like, "Well, okay." but I'm going to put it in the back of my mind. I'm going to put all the manpower now into like an evacuation. And that was the plan. So after a long night of people hanging out and partying, a lot of people were asleep by about, I think everybody was asleep by about 1 a.m. on the, I guess this would be March 1st. After midnight, March 1st. And it was on this day, and I need to remind you, all this time, all of these days, the temperature has been fluctuating up and down. Snow is melting, snow is freezing, and then new snow comes on top, and then it turns to rain, and then it melts some more, and then it freezes because the temperature drops, and then it turns back to snow. There's a lot of different textures going on in that snow pile. Mmm. <clears throat> so, not make for a good snow pile. I think so. Around 4 a.m., a different type of storm that they had been you know, getting accustomed to was rolling in. It was a lightning and thunder and heavy rainstorm. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And they were planning on evacuating. And they were planning on evacuating in the morn. In the morn. Everybody was asleep. 4 a.m. hits. People are still asleep. But there's lightning and thunder suddenly, and it's raining hard. This woke some people up. People that weren't even, like, on the train. People, like, in town nearby. They... It was said that some of them woke to, like, a clap of thunder, and that kind of roused them, and they, st- like, kind of looked outside, and was like, what oh, the fuck? God. I'm sorry. I over <clears throat> I smell it. It is so bad. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. We're 
talking about many, many people dying. Oh my god. Dude, way to cut a fart at like the worst time. Oh my god, I think he's still farting. Okay. It's the problem with big dogs. I mean, I I know. <sighs> okay. God. Okay. Okay, here we go. We're back. We're back. We're here. I'm so sorry for that. I'm going to have to edit all of that out, but yeah. That was... Uh, it was quite the fart it was that rough. the dog let out, and he's just wagging his tail. He's, he's so happy. Well, I bet Under the it, table. he feels so much oh, better. Oh, yeah. I bet he feels great. That... That was a sinister one. May, you can't come up here. I'm busy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so some witnesses claim that they felt the clap of thunder and the lightning that caused the avalanche to happen. But the true reason the avalanche happened was never truly known. Like, it could have been just... And I think about it... You know, I've been thinking about this for a while now. And I'm like, what if it was just like a fucking squirrel or like a billy goat or something up there that just like kind of tripped and then like it caused this huge thing and they just like were like whoops you know snow whoops (laughs) thank god i wasn't down there (laughs) but yeah the night was probably the thunder it was probably the thunder right (laughs) so snow slid off the side of the mountain down through wellington and had collapsed on top of the trains that had been parked on the edge of that cliff down to the ravine for days. So, I just made, like, a little side note here that some guy was, like, woken up by the thunder and he got up and went outside and then he said he heard a huge rumble. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This guy had kind of, like, witnessed the whole avalanche happen. He said it was uh, the beginning of the avalanche that he could hear the trees and the bushes and the rocks being trampled and engulfed oh, by God. snow before it had even hit the trains. So if you can imagine, up on a mountain, naturally there's mountainy shit. There's going to be trees. There's going to be rocks. There's going to be brush. There's going to be boulders. Mountainy shit. Mountainy shit. Big ass boulders. And that's all coming down with a pile of snow that's at this point pretty hard. Traveling at like 30 miles Traveling at a rapid speed. And then it makes impact with those two train cars, pushes them both off of the edge of the world, down into the ravine, through more trees, tall ass trees, more boulders, more brush. The metal is being impacted by all of this. It is being warped. And not only is it hitting the stuff below it, it's getting trampled with the stuff that came on top of it. Oh, my God. And there's no way to prepare for that. Like, you have no way to brace. People were asleep, I guess, was kind of the silver lining there. Tossed right around. Tossed right around. Um, So, March 1st, 1910, just after 4 a.m., the trains were hit and they were shoved 100 feet down to the Thai River running through there. Um, the remnants oh. of metal were strewn and buried and mangled with the nature of their surroundings. Uh, there was also an explosion that happened from a engine. Because oh why God, not? Right? Add insult to injury. And I 
didn't mention this, but not only were the trains impacted, but it was a lot of the equipment above them that had been taken down by that initial slide as well. So overall, the full wreckage included train number 25, train number 27, and those were the passenger trains, um, a water tank, one of those rotary snowplow things, four motors, a motor shed, oh my and God. three engines. Holy All of that shit. was crumpled together and thrown down into this ravine. And then the explosion, because, again, why not? Why not? At d- dramatic effect. Um, and piled on top of those train cars was thick, heavy, wet snow. Ugh. That had such an impact that those who did survive the initial crash from the avalanche had limited air supply. <laughs> and they were in a race against time to be found before the oxygen in their train car that somehow stayed intact, ran out, and they would be smothered. Oh my god, that would be so terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I... I think I just, like, lay down and let it happen. You can't. You know, like, as a human, like, you just can't. I know. You just can kind of hope that somebody finds you. Right, just like, oh, okay. And not even if, like, if somehow you're intact and, like, you're not fucked up by, like, a tree or something. I mean, you'll be fucked up forever because, like, that happened. Thinking about it probably is the most terrifying thing ever. So, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so yeah, that is the big climax. And now I'm going to kind of get deep into it. Um, So, guys, the avalanche happened. We finally got there. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) now I'm going to kind of get into the aftermath of this. Okay. Uh, So I read in that book that avalanches generally kill in two ways. Uh, Fatal trauma collisions with trees, Mm -hmm. rocks, and other debris account for one-third of avalanche death. Hmm. And then the majority die from suffocation. And they can suffocate in multiple ways. (laughs) That sounds so horrible. One way to be suffocated by an avalanche is you could be suffocated by the densely packed snow... Uh, You could die when the pressure of the snow on your chest prevents proper breathing. And you could also drown, essentially, on the ice that is melting constantly with your own, like, the heat of your breath at a rapid rate. You're basically inhaling melting snow, and you can drown. Oh, God. So, yeah, I didn't know that you could die so many ways from an avalanche, but now I'm constantly going to be thinking about it. Yeah, I imagine. I I wasn't, like, the most scared of avalanches before, but now I think it's, like... Remember when you didn't want to drive in the snow? Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is why. This Just a uh, fly. Mm-hmm. This is exactly fly. what I was thinking of when I was, like, we shouldn't drive our tiny little cars into the snow. Correct. You were right, and I'm glad we didn't. Um, <laughs> it was said that you could hear people rattling, like pebbles in a can while the cars were thrown down into the ravine. Oh, God. There were seatbelts. Like, everybody was sleeping. Right. Um, and then when it was over... Check it up. Imagine this. When it was over, there was nothing but silence. Everybody... The snow, like, dampered out everything. I mean, just imagine a world where there's just, like, not a lot of noise. You're in the mountains. You're surrounded by snow, which is kind of like a sound muffler. It's 1910. Like, there's not really 
cars trucking along. There aren't any trains coming in and out. It's raining now. That sounds so spooky. And it's also very early in the morning. Still dark. And this has happened. Are, like, the people peeking over and, like, looking for them? Or are they just like, ah, that fucking sucked. So I'm going to get into it. But also, I was wondering, if there was, like, a word for that, like, silence that happens after, like, something, like, truly tragic happens. And, like, you're there. And there's just that, like, speechlessness that is just universal. And it's just, I don't know if there's a word for that. But I want to know if there is. I bet there's a word that translates to that in something, some other language. Probably. If you know, please let me know, because I need to know. Okay, I'll take a look into it. Okay, so, in the aftermath of this avalanche, it was an immediate, like, community effort to start pulling people from the wreckage. It was people from the town. It was workers that were working prior to that. It was people, you know, like, locals. It was... A community effort. Like, it wasn't something that was like, ooh, not my job, not my prob. It was like, everybody was like, you gotta help. Right. Like, it's just, yeah, like, it's early morning, and it's dark, and, like, as soon as that had happened, people were already, like, on their way down to, like... Also, they're in a ravine. It was hard to get down there. Yeah, it's like 100 feet, right? 150 feet. Holy shit, that's so far. That's so far. And <laughs> it's still slippery and it's gross. Still slippery. It's raining right? very heavily, which is kind of affecting the uh, chemical stability of the snowpack, I guess. Mm. So it's sketchy to get down there for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it's raining. The wind is howling. It's freezing outside. And... I couldn't imagine just, like, being somebody that now has to go down there and start digging people out. They didn't have any tools. They didn't have any shovels. They had nothing. They're digging people out or trying to with their bare hands for a time. Oh, my gosh. And, like, it's your hands Again, it's very hard snow because it's kind of, like, ice-packed. And now, like, a lot of people were alive waiting just to be rescued. Their screams were muffled under the snow. <laughs> and so every now and then, people would kind of see like a fucking arm sticking out, and then they'd have to run over there. But then they'd see another arm sticking out over there. And then they're like, oh, I gotta I gotta do this. Like, can you go do that? Like, ugh, I can't even like imagine trying to organize this group effort. And like no, having I... to put one life like over another, like... I don't you think don't there would be any organization at this point. Yeah, it would just not. be like, save who you can. Save who you can, get to who you can. Um, but, yeah, the pressure to save every hand that reached out was just immense. And I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> some people that, like, worked up in town, they were on it. They were like, okay, we're going to make this place, like, a makeshift hospital. We're going to make this place, like, a makeshift morgue. We're going to separate men and women so that you know like people can be dressed privately and like you know not be exposed to like everybody out in the open they were pretty organized about that part they wanted to keep the titties private they wanted to keep those tits private and i get it because those people yeah. are probably traumatized they probably don't <laughs> want their titties all over the place uh yeah and then they also te- like set up a temporary like survivor center for those who were like not super injured but just like you know hanging out because like they escaped and now they don't know what to do 
Um, so I would be right there. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to get dark here for a second. There were being a lot of people were being pulled out in pieces. Ooh. Many corpses were taken to the morgue that uh, had to be put together and kind of matched together as best as possible. I'm going to give you a quote here. The heads of some are smashed and the limbs are torn in two and the bowels of some are torn out. I think that was coming from like a morgue worker. Um, One of the workers asked a figure of authority if it was possible to get the diggers some fucking alcohol because they were not ready to do this shit today. And it was not in their job description. Right. I don't know anybody who would ever be ready. Even if it's like in your job description, like you recover bodies. By the way... I found that fucking guy's arm. Do you know who it belongs to? Like, can I get some fucking, like, ah, I need a couple shots. I need a couple shots for this. And Did that dude, like, he was like, okay, sounds good. He got everybody whiskey. Yes, like yeah. their own own bottle plus some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy made it happen, and I was like, well, that was pretty nice. Yeah. So while this happened, um, O'Neill was down in Scenic because that's kind of where he was like setting up camp. He was back and forth, but since he knew he had communicative like abilities in Scenic, he was kind of stayed there. He didn't find out that this had happened until six hours after it had happened. So that was at 10 a.m. And it did crush him. He was like, what the fuck? Right. It was like that deep, like, deep feeling of just regret I think and I think I can relate to that and like a lot of people can probably relate to that it wasn't really his fault he made every choice that he you know he thought was right yeah but the overall was just like they had a plan it just didn't happen early enough pretty much that's so hard and like it's not like you can ever recover from that (sighs) I mean naturally he felt 100% responsible, but he only felt that for, like, two seconds, and then he kind of was like, fuck, okay, I gotta get up there and I need to help. So, he did. And, um, when he got there, he couldn't really do anything except, like, take in that scene and just feel... Um, yeah, I don't know what the word for that feeling is, but he just... He couldn't even... Just, like, immense sadness, I imagine. He couldn't really... I think he was, like, immobilized from just, like, the shock of it. But then he got to work. And he did what he could to for, like, to help everybody else that was working. Um, and he organized immediately that supplies had to be walked to Wellington on foot. Back and forth, back and forth. He had multiple workers making trips back and forth that three-mile hike from Scenic up to Wellington just so they could get what they fucking needed, like shovels, tools to, like, dig these people out. And, of course, it's been, like, six hours at this point. At this point, it's been six hours, guys. People are still trapped. Some of them... running out. Their air is running out. So, one of the worst reports um, of body recoveries comes from a man that recovered the body of a three-year-old passenger named Thelma Davis. Um, only 
the top half of her was discovered intact. No! And the rest of her body was discovered tangled in a web of steam pipes, and it had been smashed against a tree trunk. Oh, poor baby. One woman that had survived, she survived and was the lone survivor in her family, but uh, (laughs) she had crushed her baby beneath her. No! As she was pinned under a tree and kind of like, she, you know, naturally, she's holding this baby to her chest. Yeah. She was pinned under a tree and the baby was trapped kind of under her. She knew the baby was alive when it happened because she could feel it breathing. But she couldn't move it because her arms were pinned down. And it eventually froze to death while they were waiting to be rescued. Um, she couldn't adjust her weight on the baby, so she also might have smothered it on accident, oh. but she really doesn't know. Um, oh, that's so sad. That would be so... I couldn't imagine like living with that. I know. And surviving that, and like I think her I two mean, other children were killed, and her husband was killed. Well, like, and what are you supposed to do at that point? Throw your baby? Like, oh, good luck! She don't couldn't want to reach it. You. Like she couldn't. Like she couldn't move. She well, no, I mean, like before adjust. that, like if, yeah, like I don't toss, know because it happened like when nobody was expecting it. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's not. She was probably holding, she was probably it, just sleep, holding yeah. it and sleeping, and then all of a sudden she's under a tree trunk and she's like, "What the fuck?" Uh, and I know I was. Just, uh, it was dark when I read that. I was like, "God, <laughs> fuck, that is I did dark." After I read, like, all of these really, tra- like, tragic things that they had found, I did almost cry. I, I didn't cry, it, like, but I almost cried. Okay. And well, I, because I, I'm not really a crier, but it got me in a place where I was like... Right. Just your soul is sad. Yeah, that's so sad. Anyway, back to yeah. this. Some passengers had enough air to keep breathing in the cars, but... Um, they were buried super deep, so a lot of them ran out of either air to breathe, or they died from their injuries before they were ever find like found. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess the bright side is that if they would have been saved, they probably wouldn't have survived anyways because of the like medical attention at that point. Like they, they would have just been like. What, had hope they were going to live, you know? One of the passengers I read was, like, the son of a doctor. So they kind of, like, put him in charge because he knew, like, a little bit about what to oh, do. But man. there was also, like, a boy that, like, I didn't put this in my notes, but there was a boy that was pulled from the wreckage. He had a tree limb sticking out of his head. Oh, my and God. some rinky-dink dude that was, like, a worker pulled it out of his head and stitched him up and was like, if you're orphaned, like, I'll keep you. I'll take care of you. But I think the boy's parents survived. So well, and it's and probably, also he, he probably survived. died. He did? Oh, my God. Yeah, he survived. He died immediately. He had a stick in his head. It was lodged in there at least three inches. Oh, and he oh survived. My God. And I was, and he was like a kid. I think he was like seven. Oof. And I was like, holy shit. That's nuts. He had that tree pulled out, like, on a fucking table. 
somewhere. I feel like that would be kind of like if you were in a plane and it was going down and they came out and they were like, hey, is anybody a pilot? And you said, my dad's a pilot. And they said, bet, get on in there. Bet, you better drive. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't know if it was the right decision, but they're like, you're the closest we got right now. Tell us what you know. That's just all I can picture. I mean, also some of the passengers were like nurses. Yeah. Um, And there was also people now on their way because O'Neill had search for more help to be brought in. Okay. So uh, there was a lot of people on their way tracking up to this, the crash site. Ooh. So help was on the way, but like it came a little late. Yeah. Um, and again, all this time, it's raining. And it is making this ice pack more and more unstable. Some of the workers are falling through the ice just into random train cars, like through a broken window, and discovering bodies that way. Oh, no. And pulling them out, like shoving them through these tiny holes to get them out, at least. The body holes. The body holes that were meant to be like little (laughs) windows to the world. They're now body holes, because that's the only choice that they have. Um. So, recovery was super slow. Yeah. Because they didn't have the adequate tools they needed. And the weather was real shit. So, and, you know. They were also digging through trees. They were digging through twisted metal. um, Making those there to, like, help and recover these people. Really not want to help and recover the people. Because their lives are still in danger. At the same time, they're also thinking, when's the next avalanche going to happen? Right? I mean, like, I couldn't imagine just, like, not constantly just, like, looking up. Mm-hmm. Like, just trying to be ready for mm-hmm. this giant slide of snow What's on top fucking of me? next? What could be next? Right? right. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be just gut-wrenching. And especially because, like, you're going with the best of intentions. Like, everybody went down there to try and help as much mm-hmm. as they can. As much as they could. But, like, at certain, like, after a certain point, like, you're just a fucking dude. Like, exactly. You were just, you were just waking up on a Wednesday, you're you know? Just waking like, up on a random day at 4 a.m. And at then, 4 a.m. And, and it's not like you're home is unscathed like this went through the town yeah, so it went through the town there's like other shit to worry about and now you're like it's like you ever get those fucking images out of your head like pulling that baby out that, well the half a baby out half like your yeah. brain does not bounce back no it doesn't so i just this just seems like it gets bleaker and bleaker i told you it wasn't a good story <laughs> I told you it was sad. I mean, like, you were right. It's I sad. told you. It's sad. I know. And it just sucks because they were just going, like, they weren't even going to somewhere cool. They were going over here. They like, were going to Everett. For, a lot of people were just, like, going to work, going to right? see family. Some people were, like, going to get mental treat, like, you know, like, I uh, know. Treated. Like, West, I just mean, like, Western Washington is so garbage and like and we live here and we live in western washington we do somewhere somewhere in there and it just uh ah it just 
sucks, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. I mean, but the mountains are beautiful, so, and it probably, like, when it wasn't, like, the most shitty thing ever, it probably was kind of nice to look at. Oh, yeah, for sure. I bet. I bet it was beautiful. Yeah. Even now, like, I can't wait to go on this freaking hike because it's I know. Beautiful. I, I, like, kind of almost want to go in the rain because I feel like it would enhance our experience. I think we can make that a plan. But I'm also now terrified that we're going to get stuck in the snow and we're going to be pushed off a ravine. I'm sure. And I'm going to have this whole narrative in my head. I mean, you're never going to not think about it. I'm never going to not think about it. (laughs) It was a round-the-clock effort to pull all the passengers and the workers alike from this wreckage for weeks. No! Weeks. Oh, After God. this incident happened. So, um, like, they're all dead at this point, if there is any more there. Yep. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... It took... Oh, sorry. So... <laughs> I'm getting into, like, the aftermath now. So this is, like, after the initial accident happened. And I just had to add this in as, like, a finish to that. Most of the other cars have been smashed to bits as if an elephant had stepped on a cigar box. That was how one witness put it. Wow. Oh, wow. That is a a bashed-up train car. (laughs) Okay. So it took three full weeks to get the lines fully cleared. And it took up until July to recover the remaining bodies and remove the final load of debris that had smashed and ruined the side of this canyon. I mean, like... Because it's still snowing. Yeah, it's still... You gotta wait for the snow to melt, you guys. And it's cold as shit, so it's it's not like it's melting. Three weeks to get the lines cleared after this. And then, like, could you imagine if they they were like if this didn't happen and they were still waiting? It would have taken three weeks for them to get the fuck out of there. It's true. It would have taken a long time, but they could have at least like gone somewhere else and been it's scenic, you know, bum fucking around wherever they also wanted. Exactly, but like, uh, that just sucks so bad. It sucks. Every part of the story sucks. Every part of it was it just not keeps good. getting worse. It always got worse. It never got better. The only thing that was good about this story is how you told it. The only thing that's good about this story is that now there's a hiking trail there, I guess. And it's really lovely, I think. And it offers spooky, spooky attractions. And it is supposed to be spooky as fuck. And I get why. Yes. Because a lot of people died there in a very tragic fashion. If anything was haunted, I could see this being It might be that ravine. Um, But... I was thinking about it, because on top of that, like, even while the railroads were being put in, like, people were dying every single week while they were being put in. So, it's like, there's been a lot of death. That whole trail is just death. The whole trail is just death. Why are we going to go there? Uh, uh, you know. For fun. Just for funsies. For funsies. Okay, back to this. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) So, at this point, a lot of people are kind of, like, since the lines are clear, a lot of people are starting to trickle in. Family members, friends, relatives, loved ones. They're all coming to start, like, claiming they're dead, pretty much, and try to identify who they can. 
again, some of them are in pieces. They were making Franken people because they're like, I think this arm goes here. It looks like it belongs to him. This is the same shirt, I guess. I think he was wearing a shirt. I don't know. Oh, oh man. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Overall, 96 uh, people and workers were killed in this avalanche and that doesn't include those two who had died at the beanery nor is it an accurate number because who knows how many people were unaccounted for or like their name was never on any sort of list and they were just like hopping trains or like they were just working and they had no paperwork like stowaway or something you have yeah like you have no idea how many people actually died and I'm just going to add on top of that, this wasn't the last avalanche that happened. There was another avalanche weeks later that killed like 36 people or something. I'm oh not going to cover in, like, it. the same get, area? I'm not going to get into it. Okay. I told you it was a bad place to put a train tracks. It's terrible place to put train tracks. You know, um, heads up, like they moved them, but <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into it. Um, <laughs> so all of the debris and the bodies were carried down the mountain, wrapped in blankets provided by the Great Northern Railroad, and um, they were walked down via toboggan. And it took multiple days and multiple trips, day after day, body after body, to get them out. Because again, the so lines bad. were not clear for three full weeks. I mean, I guess this cold wouldn't keep them. I guess too the cold stinky, kept but... them pretty chilled, but so I don't imagine it was stinky, but it was very gruesome and again yeah. a job that nobody really was prepared to do, um, especially for fifty cents an hour. Families and loved ones had begun starting to show up, and also this is in the news. Like this had kind of been running in the news cycle that there had been a train trapped in the mountains since like day two or day three. Mm-hmm. There was. Um, we're going to get back into uh, James J. Hill, and he had spent multiple days kind of saying fuck off to the press and he's like you guys don't need to worry about nothing and then they're asking questions about like the labor strikes that were going on and how it's impacting his operation he's like they're paid well enough you know just fuck off (laughs) (laughs) it's none of your damn business I pay my workers no he didn't no he um, denied blame for like basically up until this happened <laughs> I don't think it would be easy for anybody to like not place blame on him for this whole situation. Yeah, now that um, people are starting to show up to claim they're dead, along with the good people that show up to help, naturally you're going to get the shitty people and the scavengers that are just showing up to show up. Um, a lot of people, dead people, were robbed of their belongings. Oh, God. Because uh, they were pawned and then realized that they had been pawned and those people I think a few of them got arrested but all the good people that showed up you know you can't take in the good without the bad all the shitty people showed up too and many were arrested and then after all of this the lawsuits started oh yeah naturally because what the fuck happened I mean if the (laughs) people had questions people had and now their dad is dead now their husbands are dead now they got five kids to feed on their own and they're like what the fuck am I supposed to do sir they don't even let them wear pants at this point don't even let them wear pants at this point 
I think maybe they were allowed to wear pants that was just frowned upon. Oh, okay. I well, mean, I don't know. It's don't 1910. Know. I don't really know anything about it. So the lawsuits started months later, and they were very frequent because, again, a lot of people died. Um, so it wasn't just like small claims lawsuits. It was large ones. It was large and small from people like there was widowers that were suing them. There was workers that were suing them. It was a whole lot of suing going on. And somehow this was ruled in court because it came questioned. Was this, as they say, an act of God? Or was this the railroad's fault? Because obviously there's no um, there's no stopping an avalanche. But there are things you can do to put proper safety in place to where like maybe this could have been avoided. But it was ruled in court overall that this was an act of God and Great Northern wasn't at fault. Oh, wow. So they used that a lot in their civil suits, which got them to really low blow settle all of these people. And it was bad. James O'Neill was deposed at almost every single deposition. Um, And he stuck by his choices. And people, like, didn't really blame him. Because, again, this is, like, hindsight and foresight. Like, you could not have possibly predicted this happening. No, no, you could And he made every single choice he thought was right while he was making them. Because when he made them, they made sense. But then things just kind of kept getting worse. It's... I, I would agree that it's not really his fault. Like, yeah, he could have, he could have, like, I mean, I don't even know if I would really blame him for people not leaving because it seems like you could leave. You just, they just did not want to, or like, you know, they weren't really encouraged to. But they it were seems encouraged like, to, but then again, like, some people weren't able to. There was children, there was like elderly. They yeah. couldn't track down a mountain. And so, like, they were blaming him for not making more of a, Active, uh, active choice to evacuate the passengers or explore that option, but again, that explore like that option wasn't really even possible until day six. Yeah, and this I happened mean, day seven. So that just—it seems like as soon as it was possible, then it started happening. But like, I don't know. It just. It, it sucks either way, and I understand where people got mad that they couldn't, like, go down. I don't know. It just seems like a... It's just like a lose-lose-lose. Yeah, all of it doesn't seem like it could have been avoided. Yeah, I mean, I think they were at blame because they were certainly lowballing people with their claims. Oh, I definitely like, people think... were asking for, you know, like, $60,000, which in 1910 is a lot of fucking money. Yeah. But they would get <laughs> $2,000. Oh, wow. And then they were forced to sign something saying that they agreed to that and that they were not allowed to ask for any more. That's so shitty. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... This guy fucking sucks. He fucking sucks. Like, I also see where the railroad was... I see where the railroad, not O'Neill, was at fault. No, O'Neill was never at fault, and I don't think anyone really blamed him. It was more like the company that they were going after, Yeah, and he was just like a worker in the company. I do see how they were at fault, because they put them in a really stupid spot. 
They put those train tracks in a really stupid spot. And, and everybody told them not to. Yeah, and they didn't provide proper ventilation in pry. the tunnel. Yep. Okay. Um, Wellington changed its name to Ty only months after the accident happened. <laughs> they changed their name in October. They were like, we can't have our name known for this. So they changed it to Ty after like the Ty River that was running through it. Yeah. Um, and because of this, uh, an eight-mile tunnel was built at the Cascade Station as a result of this tragedy. And it was safer than the previous tunnel because it had ventilation. So you could actually park a train in there. It was eight miles long. There was room enough for a train to be offered like adequate protection from snow slides and stuff. Um, then, time goes on. Everybody grows up dies moves on whatever some people just wanted to forget it some people were going after those civil suits that they really didn't win either um great northern became burlington northern railroad and that track now runs under the iron goat trail so they moved the whole track further than down like by the ravine okay so it's definitely more protected now like there's still a train line that runs through there and you can hear it i think while you're out there um but the Great Northern became Burlington Northern Railroad. Um, and this line was eventually abandoned in 1929, and the general area was also abandoned. Um, and my last kind of point to this before I move into <laughs> the spooky claims that people make while hiking now, I just needed to close on the fact that this giant asshole of a guy uh, Mr. Hill he stepped down as from chairman in um, like two years later I think in 1912 um, but he didn't step out of like he didn't step out of like a business he was just like he was no longer chairman he was no longer making decisions and he died in 1916 from an infection that he got. Uh, he had been avoiding this infection. Basically, his asshole got infected. He had gangrenous hemorrhoids. Oh, And God. he fell into a coma and he died. And I was like... Because he was such an asshole. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. That is poetic justice, in my opinion. I think that is total poetic justice. He had a gangrenous asshole and that was how he died i don't uh the like just the thought of that is so gross (laughs) i read it and i was like fuck yeah fuck yeah that guy i mean that guy sucks so bad that's exactly what he deserves but like at the same time what a terrible way to die i wouldn't wish that on anyone like that sucks oh god that sucks. Uh, sorry, dude. Like, sorry. I am sorry. But, like, also fuck you. But, like, God, that sucks. <laughs> That's a great way to end that story. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I had to have some sort of light at the end. But it's not really a light. But it's, like, it, it's I'm not condoning light. to be happy about this. But it's, like, like, it's just fitting, you know? Like, he was a huge asshole in life. And, um... His asshole bit him in the end. I think I think the biggest thing is that 
if anybody was to have this happen, it, it he is guy. a good yeah, he's a good candidate. He's a good candidate. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think it would be easy to assume, like I said before, that even before this accident, there was a lot of death involved in this general area when the rail lines were being put in initially. And um, so some people that go up to hike this trail, because again, you can hike it. There is a trail that was established in 1993. It's almost 10 miles long. I think it's pretty much a straight back and forth. It has two entrances, one at one end and then another one at the other end. You can go it either way. But um, (laughs) uh, people claim that they feel cold spots in random locations while hiking on this trail or being in this area, which I could say, like, yeah, I mean, you're in the mountains. Like, maybe you are feeling cold spots, but, you know, spooks, spooks. That could also be a ghost. I don't know. Um, People claim to have heard screaming and the sound of an avalanche falling where when there's no snow on the ground. Hmm. They claim that they can hear the avalanche happening. And I can understand people hearing screaming. Yikes. Yikes. Um, <clears throat> but many have claimed to see full apparitions of others on the trail when, like, there is no one else on the trail. <gasps> but then again, I'm like, there's more than one entrance to it. So, like, maybe you did see people on the trail. And uh, maybe you didn't think that you were alone on the trail. But since it has two entrances, like, maybe it's just another person. And you're like, oh, my God, a ghost. Maybe it's just a person, but also we are it might be a pale ghost. in Washington. We are pale here, so like <laughs> translucent, you might say, <laughs> glitter. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people have claimed to see full apparitions of other people, especially like in the tunnels. Yeah, which you're not really allowed to go to. You can kind of wander into them, but like you can't go fully into them because it's really dangerous um, and spooky as shit. I bet <laughs> we're gonna get there. It's gonna be so scary. Uh, for more than one reason. Oh, avalanches. Um, people <laughs> report having been grabbed or touched by invisible forces. Um, I saw one claim online that stated they saw a little girl as they were in like the new tunnel construction because there's that two, the short two-mile tunnel that had like no ventilation and then they built that nine-mile tunnel that had lots of ventilation. Mm-hmm. And people say that you see apparitions in both places Hmm. um people claim to hear crying and sometimes screaming in the tunnels and by the river uh lots of reports of just general uneasiness but maybe that's just the environment because like it's fucking heavy there right and if you are any sort of like empath you're gonna feel it (laughs) that uh this sounds awful like that's an awful way to die It's an awful way to die, but when I think about it now, I'm like, well, if I was going to die in a really tragic way, at least I'd be surrounded by mountains, and I'd be happy for eternity, I suppose. It'd be epic. It would be beautiful. Yeah. Never be cold again. Never be cold again. So emo of me, but (laughs) (laughs) That is the story of the Wellington Avalanche and now the Iron Goat Trail. Oh, wow. That was a heavy one. Thank you, Meg. I told you it was long, and I told you it was sad. (sighs) Yeah, so check it out if you're in the area. If you're not, 
maybe don't if you're in the area maybe don't but if you do let us know and then like convince us to go there ourselves because i am scared but i do want to (laughs) go i think it would be fun yes i I agree i think it'd be a a good time but a little bit unnerving especially if we went in like the rainy winter anyways (sighs) we're signing off um that was your daily dose of fucking sadness so (laughs) have a have a good day have a great day now (laughs) enjoy your drive (laughs) bye hey y'all it's mcgara here before you uh, head off to do whatever is so important for you to do besides listen to this podcast, um, I just wanted to let you know you can send us your traveler's tales at coaca podcast at gmail.com. That is coaca, coaca podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear about your spooky stories, your spooky experiences, and all the spooky places all over the world. So uh, just send us an email with those travel, those traveler's tales. And uh, if you want us to share them, let us know and we can share them on uh, on the show. 